Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, depending on where you are, right across the great country that we call Australia. This is the Breakfast Show, Positively Different Radio. You are with Lyle and... Oh, good morning, Lyle. I'm freezing. You're freezing? Well, I'm getting cold now. <laughs> <laughs> because it's... The first day of winter, right? It is the first day of winter, no, unless it's not. it's not. Yeah, unless it's not. Unless it's not, in which case, you're listening to the delayed broadcast. Yeah, if it's not the first day of winter, you are in trouble. We tell you this Your every day. The news is way out of date. You need to get with the program, <laughs> listen to the live show, faithfm.com.au, or via using the TuneIn app. They're both very easy. You basically just press play. I mean, in the TuneIn app, you do have to search for Faith FM Australia. And then once you've found it, you can add it to your favourites list. You press play. It's all good to go. Yeah. Anywhere anywhere in the world. Anywhere. I wonder if you could listen to it from out of space. Like if you were in a rocket. No. Like, uh, like you you, you, They don't have Wi-Fi out Data there? signal doesn't go that high. Oh, well, oh. if you were actually in this. Of course. Yeah, yeah. They have um, connection links to places where people go in space. Yeah. But if you just randomly blew yourself out into space... Without having... Nah. I mean, but yeah. Anyway. I'm sure they could because they put... I'm sure on that Instagram. they can listen to it in the space station. Maybe it's they true. Maybe, it's maybe true. there's people out there listening to us right now. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. G'day astronauts. How's it going? <laughs> no kidding. Fantastic. What have we got coming up in today's show? Well, oh, we got a supermodel coming we in. We have a supermodel joining us, a beauty queen, and she's going to tell us all about her work with domestic violence. Um, and you very can... Important. You can watch that on the Insta yes, story if it's still the Insta- there. Well, it's, it's live now on the Insta story at the moment on the 1st of June. Uh, but if you've missed that, don't worry. Just jump on our Facebook page, Faith FM Australia, and you can look at our posts. We have posted the um, video of the interview with uh, Krista Heath, the uh, the uh, supermodel, and um, and yeah, you can watch the ha- you can watch how it happened. Well, yeah, unfolded. and she yeah. stays for the uh, Bible study and encounter, encounter with God. Yeah, it was great. Some good thoughts to share. Yeah. yeah, we talked about the uh, the Trinity, the the real and the counterfeit. It was very intriguing, mm-hmm. and uh, we also had some good news mm-hmm. um, talking about uh, all kinds of food related things which, of course, is torturous for me because... <laughs> oh, Mon has just started another month of... Juice fasting. Juice fasting. I couldn't believe it. I walked in the studio today and there was a huge bowl of like fruit and, and breakfast biscuits and a bowl of lollies and then <laughs> and then all our news stories seemed to be revolving around food and I was like, this is, this is just <laughs> really, an awful. <laughs> really bad timing. And someone out there in the office has made toast in the office kitchen and I love toast. Yeah, you can smell <laughs> anyway, uh, don't go anywhere. Stay with us. We've got some uh, more great programming coming up. We've got some amazing music, news stories, all coming up right here on the delayed broadcast. And so stay with us, and we'll be back right after this song in just a moment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down.
You're listening to Holly Star, Psalms 23 here on Faith FM. And Mon, do we have a clue for our quiz? Yes. Yeah, someone, so nobody's got the jump on us yet because we did put it out on the Insta story, but... Uh, yeah, no one's caught in yet, but, yeah. but you know, it is a little bit obscure. Okay. Okay, this is a Who Am I quiz. And if you jumped on our Instagram, Faith FM Live, you will have already heard this clue. And I think in the break, I'm going to give the second clue already on the Insta story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first clue is for this Who Am I, which Bible character, clue number one is, I mix the blood of Galileans with sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yucky, yucky, yucky. Do you know who it is? Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, but you know What? What? When I first heard that clue, I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. There were four of them. What? And then I looked up the answer to see which one of the four it was. <laughs> and I was totally wrong. <laughs> I was totally wrong. So, no, there's not four of them. There's only one of this person. I'm not sure that we should say that was cheating. <laughs> nah, it's all right. You can look it up. Well, I see. I was up. going to um, I was going to give out bonus prizes if you could say which one of the four it was. But then... Uh, mm. Can't Let, do that because there's only one. Once I again, was wrong. You're making me nervous talking about it because I just feel like you're about to give it away. <laughs> you're always nervous. Lyle, <laughs> today's I have uh, good news and I have bad news. What do you want? Oh, first? guess what else is good news today? Oh, what, what, what? It's Friday. I know. Isn't it amazing? It's preparation it's, day. I'm very absolutely. happy. I'm very happy. I have waffles tomorrow. Well, <laughs> I'm making waffles. I'm not eating them, sadly. Oh, indeed, because yeah. you are back on – as of today. Okay, yes. so here's the big news, everybody. As of today, <laughs> Mon is back on her juice fast. She did it for a month and now she's going to do uh, – she's taken, what, a two-week break? Yeah, I got sick. I wasn't, wasn't It wasn't supposed to be this such long of a break, but it ended up being quite a long break. Okay, you didn't get sick because of the juice fast. You got no. the flu that everybody else has been getting. Yes. Um, but you um, have uh, taken a two-week break and now you are going to do your second month of your juice, juice fast. Yes, to to aid my friend who is doing a legit 60-day juice fast and I was doing it to encourage her, but I did need a break in the middle. <laughs> okay, so the first month was for you to lose weight. The second month is just to help your friend out. Yeah, not so much to lose weight as as to reset my taste by the side. I don't crave junk food. Yeah. yeah. So, which has really that's worked. And, and, and it's actually yeah, really realigned my taste buds. You might have noticed yesterday when we, after the sugar, out for breakfast uh-huh. and I got a cookie and I had two nibbles and couldn't finish it because it just tasted revolting. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like a waster because I tucked out food, but I was like, Bleh. yeah, it just looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I just got it for my Insta story. Oh, you did. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm so vacuous. Uh, oh, goodness. Dear. Okay. I've got good news. i got bad news. All right. Bad news first. All right. Why not? I'm moving to Minnesota. Oh. <laughs> Okay, it's I'm been announced on air. <laughs> you are the first to hear it. Breaking news right here. Mon is moving to Minnesota. Now, I've been to Minnesota. It's a beautiful part of the world. Uh, why in particular are you moving to Minnesota? Because today's story, today's good news story is just so good. You do realize that in yes. Minnesota they get temperatures of like 50 below zero. Okay, I have new news. I'm not moving to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's a town in Minnesota called St. Cloud, which is a really nice name to begin with, St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has been... Um, potentially listed as one of the kindest places in the world. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got two stories coming out of the same town, St. Cloud. So, and I think this is just an absolutely wonderful initiative that I would love to see um, repeated by all our mayors. So the mayor of St. Cloud, uh, Mayor Dave Cleese, he created something called Dinner with the Mayor. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was to create like a safer, more engaged community. And so every month, uh, Mayor Dave invites seven unknown residents 
to his house. Just How does he choose them? Does he choose them randomly or? Randomly. Okay. So, um, well, I mean, yeah, to some degree because uh, St. Cloud, is, they're, they're finding that they're becoming more diverse because they have uh, newly arrived immigrant families moving into the community. I bet and they're s- getting a shock when winter hits. Yeah, yeah. And so I think he's like, you know, uh, mixing the long-term locals with the new locals. Mm-hmm. And um, and so they just they just have they just come for chili. It's all he feeds them. Just a simple home cooked bowl of chili. Oh, they make the best chili in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. So because my, my, my family, uh, my in laws come from Wisconsin, and my mother in law makes the most amazing oh, really? chili ever. Wow! And it does terrible things to me, and nobody <laughs> likes to be around me after I've eaten it. But oh, it's so good. Well, I think this is great because he only invites seven people at a time, so that they can all have this open conversation, and um, you know, they share their personal stories. They they talk about their lives. They learn about other people's lives. They discuss issues of interest, and and apparently to date, as a result, um, employment opportunities have been created, uh, lasting relationships that have you know continued after these um, dinner with the mayor uh, uh, nights have have you know continued on, um, you know that transcend race and class and and age and gender, and uh, and many of these individuals actually now serve on the um, the city's boards and commissions. Oh wow! Yeah, which is amazing because if you think about it, right? If you have the mayor at your dinner table with you know a group of hodgepodge people from the community mm-hmm. and they're all talking about the things that affect them mm-hmm. and one of the biggest things is like you know employment what do you do you know what do you want to do what are your skill sets mm-hmm. and if what he's are your the dreams mayor and, aspirations? and if he's the mayor he's got some clout there he you know it's easy way to do HR in my opinion oh is that what your skill is do you know what I know <laughs> I know a department you could work in yeah yeah and so it's actually really wonderful um and when they have public meetings, you know, people get together and it's like a big reunion of old friends and they're more willing to to speak at public meetings and the public meetings go smoother with less like, you know, fighting and yelling and carrying on. And uh, so How long has he been doing this for? He's been doing this since 2015. Okay. Yeah, so not yeah, every month, every that's, month. That is sensational. That's yeah. a that's a lot of meals over all that time. I know. I want to see the mayor of Newcastle do this. Yeah, absolutely. If I was a mayor, I'd totally be doing this. It's Who is the new mayor of Newcastle? I have no idea. Okay, mayor of Newcastle, you are officially on notice. Yeah, we need to give him a call. <laughs> and, uh, Run this idea past him and see what happens. And coming out of the same city, um, they have uh, this uh, an example of infectious kindness. They have something called Neighbour of the Month Program. Oh, did yeah. the mayor initiate this? I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it was also created in the same year, so maybe maybe one of Going back to the, uh, the, 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 the dinner with the mayor, it reminds me of the story of Jesus where he had the meal at Simon's house. And, of course, some of the places that he ate created all kinds of scandals because yeah. of the people that he ate with. These mm-hmm. were the, you know, they were... They were described as tax collectors, you know, who were <laughs> aligned with the Roman Empire and supposedly as corrupt as corrupt. Mm-hmm, uh, and so, you know, but Jesus was the kind of person who would go out there and eat a meal with anybody. He ate with with Gentiles. Yeah. And prostitutes you know? and cheats and tax collectors and all kinds of riffraff. Yep. Anyone and everyone. Yeah, it did. Actually, I was thinking, you know, this mayor. Typically, is, the mayor would just meet and eat yeah, with, you know, with the, the upper cream of mm-hmm, society mm-hmm. And, and the people that, um, you know, cronies and so forth. But uh, yeah, here we've got a mayor that's meeting with just sort of anybody and everybody. I think that's um, I think that's very commendable. And maybe he's taken, you know, um, America being a very Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's taken that yeah. uh, concept from the example of Jesus. Yeah, I absolutely. When I read that story, I was I you know I I just thought to myself, I really do see Jesus in that in that kind of action, those kind of behaviours. So. Mm. 
Anyway. Yeah, so Neighbour of the Month in St. Cloud. Um, it's a program that the city created in 2015 and it basically recognises people, you know, doing uh, good deeds. So anyone who's a neighbour, can be like an individual, you know, a business next door, an organisation next door, whatever it is. Um, and at, for example, one of the local kids, <laughs> her name is Sophia, but she's known as Sophia the Cookie Girl. Okay. Um, and she's only eight years old. She has Down syndrome um, and she recently won the uh, Neighbour of the Month Award. Down's kids are the sweetest kids. Though, I know. They? And for years she's been, um, she's been friends with like, you know, the local area police officers and firefighters and she delivers homemade chocolate chip cookies to them. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that so sweet? Um, and actually she became so loved by the, uh, the officers, the police and fire officers that they pulled their money and they bought a little electric squad car for her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But yeah, I thought it's a wonderful example um, of you know of how how easy it is to be kind to other people. Like it's yeah. as easy as baking some cookies. Yeah, yeah, baking some cookies and sharing them, and and um, you know, and Jesus often ate meals with other people. Food is one of those great, uh, you know, just one of those great great friendship creating. Things, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's a reason why Jesus says, I want to, I, I behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone opens, I will come in and sit down and have a meal with you. Mm. Uh, because, you know, food is where we draw close to each other and build friendships and, you know, just share happy, fun times, like when we had our Faith FM breakfast yesterday. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. We talked about all kinds of cool stuff. We got pictures up on our social media, on Facebook, and, and we tweeted about it as well. You can have a look at our team. Have see a the whole team up. right there. Yep, indeed. But, yeah, it's interesting to you know that both these stories revolved around food, a bowl of chili and a box of cookies. So <laughs> maybe get cooking and see who you can share it with. We're going to have a song break, and afterwards we are going to come back and we're going to talk about more food, I believe. You have a story about I do have a story mm. about food. Food. So if you're feeling hungry during yeah, your terrible. during the breakfast show, do your juice fast. My, and uh, about food. Uh, my next story, I might have a little segment there that might make you feel a little less hungry. Okay, good because I did come into the studio this morning and there was a huge bowl of food <laughs> <laughs> sitting here left for us. Your first day of your juice fast. Well, this is Chelsea Moon and her band. He's always been faithful. Morning by morning. I wake up to find the power and comfort of God's hand in mine. Season by season, I watch Him amazed in awe of the mystery of His perfect ways. His hand will provide He's always been faithful to me
Chelsea Moon, he's always been faithful here on Faith FM and we have uh, another clue for our quiz and if you are, if you've been on your Instagram, you'll know that uh, you'll have some, you'll be ahead of us because our clues are going out faster on Instagram than they are on mm-hmm. air. They sure are. Okay, who am I? Clue number two, I said, what is truth? Okay, dokie, who said what is truth? That's a really famous statement. It is, and yeah. a really good question to ask. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah, pr- quite profound for them, um, this person. Of course, when this person asked that question, the truth was right there in front of him. Amen. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, or you can text us 0491-064-669. We'll send you the prize. Okay, so this is uh, from a paper published in the Science um, Magazine mm-hmm. um, in which uh, they um, analysed 38,000 farms across the world Wow. Um, and researched 570 papers that had been written on uh, greenhouse gas emissions, global warming, all that kind of stuff um, to look at ways of uh, the impact of uh, food production. Okay. The environmental impact of food production. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, particularly in the context that by the year 2060, we are going to reach 10 billion people on this planet. And wow. is our planet big enough to support that kind of a population and they looked at it from a number of areas land area use so much in other words how much area of land you're using mm-hmm. uh, production of greenhouse gases mm-hmm. nutrient buildup because uh, some um, s- some of these productions create uh, an, un- an imbalance in nutrient buildup land acidification and fresh water use. Okay, so what do you reckon they came up with oh. as being the greatest way of solving all of these problems? I know exactly the answer, Lyle, because I'm a huge uh, a, a non-fan of <laughs> what is what is making the big problem. Do you want me to say or you want to say? Go ahead and say. Okay, animal, animal agriculture is destroying the planet faster than any other kind of pollution. Absolutely. And the answer is simply get rid of animal agriculture. And just grow crops, all plants, just veganism. Yeah. Okay. So here's the here's the long and the short of it. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you go from being a meat eater to being a to on a plant based based diet, mm-hmm. it's the best you are possible going to, thing you are you going do. to reduce your global footprint. Yep. 
So much so that if you buy an XY Falcon GTHO V8 old school mm-hmm. gas guzzling mm-hmm. pollution creating vehicle that I would love to own. <laughs> yep. Um, you will never be able to produce as much greenhouse gas emissions as if you continue to eat meat. It's exactly true. You can use all the plastic bags, all the plastic straws you ever wanted. It, stopping eating animals is the best thing a single person can do for the environment. Okay, so they looked at uh, beef production and they looked at worst, best practices and worst practices and there is a, a uh, quite a range um, the worst practices of beef production were producing 12 times more greenhouse gases than the best ones. And you're still blowing your nose, Mon. No, I've got so much for you. <laughs> and 50 times more land. Yeah. So that was the, the difference between best practice and worst pack practice within uh, beef production. So they were looking at, you know, okay, so how can we um, improve... Um, you know, the, the, the use of land and, and the reduced greenhouse gases and so forth. Then they considered the unthinkable mm. and came up with a hypothetical scenario of a vegan world. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe not so much vegan, but a plant-based diet world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And here's what they came up with. that The results are just unbelievable. It would result in a 76% reduction in land use. Yep. Yep. Okay, so that's 76% of your land that you can now turn back into forests. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which we need, definitely. Which we, which we need, which you can grow trees, which you can use to, to build clean houses and, and mm-hmm. make paper and clean air and do whatever yep. you want with, yep. right? Because mm-hmm. it's 76% more available land. All right, it's going to result in a 50% reduction in greenhouse gases, mm-hmm. a 50% reduction in soil destruction, and a twenty percent reduction in water use. Yeah, that's just that, that is just by going from uh, having a a uh, a meat based diet to a plant based diet mm-hmm. globally. Mm-hmm. So that's dramatic. It's, it's enormous. You, know, you look at those figures there, and we could you know go from 10, 10, uh, um, 10 billion people to twenty billion people globally. Mm-hmm. And still not be having the same impact on our world as what we are having right now. Yeah, because of our gluttony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, plant, plant-based diet is we could feed the entire planet. There'd be no need for world hunger for for anyone anyone starving um, if we just followed God's original plan and didn't eat animals. And of course, the World Health Organization has released um, information very very clearly linking um, red meat with cancer. We're all familiar mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, this is the next thing that we're going to face after getting rid of smoking is that getting rid of red meat because, you know, here in Australia we have the highest rate of uh, red meat, uh, beef consumption anywhere in the world mm-hmm. combined with the highest rate of bowel cancer. Yeah. You know, there's a direct link between the two. Yeah. There's no great surprise to it. Yeah. And uh, here's an interesting one, um, nitrous oxide, which is um, you know, fertilizer that you use for growing grass, mm-hmm. which you then feed to cows. Um, produces 210 times the amount of global warming uh, that CO2 does per molecule. Wow. That's massive. Yeah, yeah. That's massive. Then you've got the methane equation. Methane is 100% – 100 times, I should say, 100 times um, – has 100 times greater impact on global warming than CO2 does. Mm. And, and, of course, where is that methane coming from? Uh, a little bit from you and I, but mostly mm-hmm. from cows, 
Yeah, cows. Animal agriculture just doesn't make sense no matter what way you look at it. We need so much more space which produces less food than if we grew crops there. So, you you know, you can – growing crops to stretch us further, they can feed more bellies and then the nutrients you get out of it is actually like if you just look at it not even so much yeah, yeah, as yeah, like yeah, mouthfuls yeah. but nutrient content is so far advanced in the crop in the crop side of things and you know they've even looked at this study from like a micro scale like sure let's not do animal agriculture on a huge scale what if everyone was just you know had a pig and some chickens and a cow in their backyard and they were just feeding themselves but they discovered that even on a micro scale Oh, it's it's terrible waste you can feed of space. Your, you can feed yourself off a quarter of acre land. Yeah, even with it, with with plant based foods. Yeah, you can't do that. A quarter of acre land isn't going to feed even half a sheep. Yeah, exactly. So having even just a little hobby farm or a backyard thing going on, it's actually a waste of space. It's more economical, ergonomical to okay, grow. Okay, so basically, if we went to if we went to a plant based diet, we would we would instantly solve. Um, our global warming issues. Yes. Along with a massive reduction in medical costs. Oh, huge. Um, you know, you, you would you would basically wipe out diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, you would almost wipe out heart disease mm-hmm. and have a massive reduction in cancer. Absolutely. Just just by, you know, going down this particular path. And this is really going back to the way that God created us. Yeah. Yep. As a human being, you are not a carnivore. Mm-hmm. You think about this, and, and somebody pointed this out to me the other day. I thought it was really cool. Okay. How does a carnivore eat its food? Well, it has to take the animal to the butchery and get it butchered. And no, stuff no, this up. is this is a human carnivore. I'm talking about you know animals that were actually oh, you know, they run after them, they chase them down, they leave them, they fight them, they bite them with their huge fangs. Okay, so them. let's say that you as a human being, because some people say, oh, you know, we evolved as carnivores. Carnivores. <laughs> Did you evolve as carnivore? Do you have claws and teeth? Dude, I can't even run. All right, so let's let's say let's say I brought a pig into this room here. And said, "I want you to uh, kill and eat that pig." What would do you ha- do? You physically have the capability of doing so. No, I would need a tool. That's right. Yeah, human for humans, that's impossible. The second thing is, if there was a pig running around in this room, would you start salivating? No. Have you ever started salivating walking past a cake shop? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can salivate walking past a cake shop. You're never going to salivate with a pig walking around. Let's say that we tear that pig apart so that its guts and its blood Yuck. and its um, intestines with half full of half digested food and internal uh. organs are spread all over the spread all over the room. Are you going to start salivating? No, I'd be vomiting. Okay. But if my dog was here, my dog would be salivating. Oh, your dog would be having a ball. Because that my dog is a carnivore and as human beings, um, it doesn't matter which side you take, creation or evolution. Mm-hmm. We were never made to be carnivores. We don't even have the digestive tract to digest meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Our body has to adapt itself to develop the enzymes to eat meat once we start eating meat as children. Which is not really good at doing because that's why we have a whole bunch of health problems, especially oh, so in the digestive. Things, so many things I, I was going to bring up here. I think we should have a CO2 tax on meat, not cars. Oh, amen. We're going to have a song break. This is Anna Laura, If You Ever Fail. And we'll be back after this very exciting Oh, we've got a supermodel joining us. Yes, we have a supermodel joining us in studio. So stay tuned. We'll be back with Krista Heath. You've had enough 
Welcome back, everybody. You were listening to Anna Laura, If You Ever Fall, here on Faith FM. We have a very special guest who's joining us in the studio, Krista Heath. It's uh, not uh, it's unusual for us to have a model joining us, but we're super excited <laughs> to have you here. And, and if you want to have a sticky bit of what a supermodel looks like, you can check out. We are live streaming on our Instagram right now. So jump on Instagram, Faith FM Live. Um, that's our handle, and you can uh, see us doing this live as we speak. Okay, so before we get into the interview, Krista, I just wanted to play a uh, a little bit of a snippet from um, Jenny Atchison, who Jenny Atchison, 
the uh, state member for Maitland, uh, who was speaking in Parliament just a uh, couple of days ago. And I think this is a great introduction to what we're going to be talking about today. So let's just uh, play this right now. I rise to recognise Krista Heath, who's been selected to represent Maitland at the Ms Grand Pageant Australia in June. This year, Ms Grand Australia has chosen to campaign to stop violence against women by raising funds for UN women. However, rates of violence against women in Maitland have risen to terrifying highs, with statistics this year showing Maitland has experienced the highest growth in apprehended violence order applications in this state. In recognition of this epidemic, Ms Heath has chosen instead to support Carrie's Place, a refuge in East Maitland. As Shadow Minister for the Prevention of Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, I am intimately familiar with the crucial support Carrie's Place provides to women and children fleeing violence. By looking to her local community, Ms Heath, Ms Heath has recognised the magnitude of the problems in our own backyard. Even more, she has decided to make good use of a new platform and lend her own strength to overcoming them. I extend my heartfelt thanks to Ms Heath for her display of leadership and compassion, and I wish her every success in June. Okay, so that was uh, Jenny Atchison in uh, New South Wales Parliament uh, congratulating Krista. Krista, congratulations on... Uh, did you know that Jenny was going to be talking about you? No, I just got a phone call when I was at work and I, I couldn't answer it and I had a message left and then I just listened to it when I got home and she's just like, oh, it's just me from Jenny Atchison's offices. I've just, uh, I want to send you this letter of congratulations and speech. And I was like, a speech for what? And then uh, <laughs> I later called them back up on Wednesday and they told me all about it and how this video was up and I was like, what? I was, it was really cool. Yeah, fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's great. And of course, you're an entrant in the uh, Miss Grant Australia pageant and using that as an opportunity to talk about uh, domestic violence. When did you become interested in the issue of domestic violence? Um, I think for a very long time, obviously, working in early childhood, that plays a major part in in my role in helping families. So what exactly do you do in early childhood? I'm a preschool teacher, so I work with the children transitioning to school. So uh, yeah, so I work from um, ages three to five and I just help them out, get them ready for school, get them prepped, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you also come from a large family. How many How many are in your family? Ten. There's ten Whoa, in your family. Ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so tell me about your uh, your foster brothers because I, I, I think that that would probably give us um, a little bit of an insight into, you know, maybe where you've learned about, you know, domestic violence and, you know, um, troubled um, children and so forth. Yeah, definitely. So um, it was probably when I was 13, my parents decided they wanted to become foster parents. My parents always wanted a really big family, but due to some complications they were only able to have four, which is still a lot, but they wanted, <laughs> they, they still wanted more. So, um, yeah, they just they met a friend of ours when we were younger and they were foster carers and they got my parents really excited and into it and then we just became foster carers. And I think it was like a couple months in, they were like, we've got some children who need to be placed for emergency care and they ended up just staying with us. So we um, have four at the moment, which is really exciting. Okay, so your four brothers, your four foster yeah. brothers, um, do they come from uh, you know, homes where domestic violence has been a part of their life? Oh, 100%. They definitely come from the worst of the worst, um, which is really sad and, and and, you know, it's a big struggle for them because, you know, they've seen all of this and they've been so affected by it. And, and unfortunately, because when you're young, like you learn the most in your life. So whatever is taught is really ingrained. So trying to rewire that and, and, and teach them that that's not OK is so hard. They just they don't understand that that's something that's not all right. It's crazy. Is that something that uh, can be accom- successfully accomplished, you know, rewiring their brain to what was normal to, to a new kind of normal? Glad you asked. I just actually did a research paper on it and uh, a lot of the studies show that it's incredibly high. It's like 
uh, it depends on severity, so like how long they were exposed to trauma, how, how bad like you know their brain was damaged, if they had drug abuse or alcohol abuse while they were in utero, or even like just abuse generally towards the brain area like when they were younger. So it all plays a factor in in a lot of cases. No, it's 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 really hard to even with intervention they could progress, but never to you know that capacity of a child that hasn't experienced that. Okay, so this is a very serious problem then yeah. that we really need to be addressing. And and, and by the way, I should uh, I should mention that I do know your parents and I do consider them to be you know our our local super parents. Well, they definitely are. They go through <laughs> they, a lot. They live out they live out in the bush. Um, you live out in the bush now too. Yeah. 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 Just moved out there, which is it's great. It's great. A long way to travel, but it is really nice. Good good scenery. Yep, and uh, a, a great environment out there. Definitely. But uh, just doing an incredible job with your foster brothers. And, uh, yeah, praise God for uh, for what they are doing right there. Now, um, so what kind of – what kind of the, the effect of, you know, your foster brothers uh, um, with, you know, obviously the, the family history that they come from and being exposed to domestic violence and this kind of thing, um, what kind of behaviours does that result in? A lot of violent behaviour, a lot of like uh, rude, like talking, um, their kind of views of people is, is very twisted, like, especially people that might come from like another culture, like they're very negative towards them, unfortunately. Um, you know, to deal with conflict, they just end up like swearing or hitting each other. They're, they're very, can at times be very violent and, and they can switch, like they could be just having a really good time and then just something happens and all of a sudden they just you know, switch over and they, they can't control it. it mm. It's it's very hard. Like, their impulses are very strong, which is really sad to see because especially in a school environment, like, you know, they don't they don't cope with school. Like, you know, my oldest brother, he's been out of school now for almost eight months because he just – he doesn't cope with the school environment. Mm. And, you know, the youngest one, uh, one of the youngest ones we had just, just got expelled because he just couldn't handle the situation and just lashed out and hurt another child. And, I mean, it's not their fault. They're beautiful children. They mm, just – They that's, are. That's yeah. just what they've learned. Like, they – think that's normal mm-hmm. like that's all they ever knew yeah sure okay so um jenny atchinson mentioned that maitland has one of the highest rates in new south yeah. wales of uh was it an apprehended domestic violence Correct. order yeah that's really what sad. is going on in maitland so um, maitland is is quite a low social economic area and unfortunately like um just because it's just you know the same sort of families having children and then the children um are living in that sort of environment even though they might get pulled out a little bit later unfortunately it might not be early enough and so that that kind of behavior and, and stigmatism and everything they've learned just continues on and it rolls over and it rolls over and unfortunately Maitland is an area that needs so much support and like you know we don't really we get enough to support the families and the children mm. in it so we rely a lot on charity which necessarily doesn't always meet the needs of every every family and child. Sure, sure, sure. So you're supporting um, this charity called Carrie's House. Yeah. Tell us about Carrie's House and how you got connected with them and why you chose this as uh, as your charity to support. Yeah, definitely. So it was actually through our church. Um, there's a girl, a lady there, sorry, named Heidi, and every mm-hmm. year she collects, um, you know, sheets and, and towels and anything to take to Carrie's place. And um, when I was in this pageant, we had to uh, campaign for Violence Against Women, which the new... UN Women was chosen, but as well as campaigning for them, I, I really wanted to do something local, obviously being Maitland so high. Mm. And yeah, Carrie's Place was just, you know, I talked to um, the mayor's office and they're like, oh, we work a lot with them and, you know, our churches. I was like, okay, I've got a connection. And so mm. I just went from there and I, I called them up 
and that's how it got started. Fantastic. And so tell us a little bit about, a little bit, a little bit about Carrie's House. What exactly do they do and uh, what kind of an impact are they having on the yeah, community? Yeah, they're, they're just such amazing people. Like they're just, they're all so dedicated. So Carrie's Place is a um, domestic violence and homelessness um, organisation. So anyone that's experiencing domestic violence or might be coming or leaving a home and they, they might be homeless, they just go to them and they will completely take care of you. They'll help you with your AVOs. They'll help you get out of that home. They'll help you in recovery, like seek medical attention they'll help you with anything that you need so they're crazy they're do they ever have a do they have a uh, just a, a question that comes to my mind do they ever have um, problems of violence actually invading Carrie's house and you know breaking out within there because of where you know these people have come from you know they've come from a, an environment where violence is normalized do they then carry that over across into um, um look I, I personally don't work there I have uh, from what I know is no because these women are placed in places where no one else knows where they are unless right. they've been told yep. so it's very secretive um, even to find where Carrie's place had offers like it's it's known but you wouldn't you wouldn't think it's there like it's very discreet right yeah yep so they're very very um serious about their yeah their securing and their everything security. is is really well done yeah and uh what would make carrie's house different from you know is this just sort of like just any other refuge out there or is this one got some um you know some peculiarities that make it different uh they've got a lot of support like all the community is there supporting them. They've got, like, obviously Jenny Atkinson supporting her, mm-hmm. which is the Shadow Minister for Domestic Violence and Sexual Assault, which is, like, really high if she's supporting them. They're yep. obviously really good. But... Um, they actually work not only in Maitland but in Newcastle, so they're really well known all around the Hunter Valley and Newcastle. Mm, so I mm. think when I talk to them, they take care of over 150 women just between Maitland and Newcastle, and that's just emergency. Yeah, for sure. And uh, if you're listening in and you are somebody who is suffering from domestic violence or you're in a, an environment like that and would like more information either about Carrie's House or other refuges, then you can call us right here, one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or text us on 491 Six nine, or send us a message on Facebook, and we would be happy to connect you with somewhere where that where you can get help. Let me talk about women in particular. Women seem to be, um, you know, the greatest victims of domestic violence. Why is it? Why why is it that women tend to stay? in violent relationships? Good question. I actually did a bit of research behind this one on my post and, you know, everyone's heard the saying when you're younger, oh, he's just mean because he likes you. It's something that's ingrained from so like so young. Mm. Like, you know, parents, you know, like girls get picked on from guys and, you know, parents try to help them like feel better about themselves so they might tell them that it's okay, they, they just like you, that's just what they do. But like, it's not, it's not okay. And so all throughout their life they get told that it's okay they just like you or you know he's just showing that he loves you or you know he might just be a bit emotional it's just something that they just get reaffirmed and and told consistently right and and so then of course you know it develops into a violent relationship and they start to get beaten up you know the the thing that goes through my mind is you know if 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 um if somebody hit a woman then surely she would just leave on the spot but that's not the case is it no no especially when you've been taught that all your life that that's okay like i mean if no one's ever told them that it's not okay how do they know that it isn't okay so is it ever is it ever okay in any kind of circumstance for um, a, a, a man to hit a woman, you know, let's say that he's tired or drunk or, you know, um, you know, provoked or something like that. You know, every relationship has its stresses. Is there ever an excuse? No, never excuse. It's never excuse for anyone, even if it's a girl. Like, she shouldn't be hitting anyone either. Yep. Like, it's, it's a plain right, downright no for anyone. Yeah, and that was my next question. Is, yeah. it, is it okay for a woman to hit a man? No. Does this happen? Yeah, it does. Like domestic violence doesn't just happen to women. It happens to children. It happens to men. You know, anyone in same-sex relationships like that. It just happens everywhere. Like it's not just localized to one person. 
Okay, so let's say that you're in a relationship and your relationship's been going well for, you know, for some time and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're really into this relationship and, you know, something something really bad does happen where, um, you know, a, a person is super stressed out, um, terrible circumstances uh, and you get hit. What do you do? Uh, well, everything's, been- everything's gone smooth for the last, say, three years. You get hit. Once. Yeah, hit once, it's probably going to happen again. Unfortunately, it doesn't just start with one. If that they've done that, yeah, it might have taken some time, but it's, it's going to happen again and again and again. And, mm-hmm. and if you stay once, that's telling the other person that you're okay with that and, and that's not okay. So I would suggest that you go seek help somewhere else and, I would, yeah, I'd really try to get it. And I know it's hard. Like, you sure. know, you've been with them for so long and you don't understand it, but, you know, it's just it's, it's not okay in any situation. Yeah, I really support what you're saying here. Um, because, you know, I, and, and I think this is one of the problems is that, you know, people, they, they create excuses in their mind like, oh, you know, it was a really stressful situation and he just lost it and he wasn't really thinking straight or, or she, you know, or mm. whoever it might be. Make excuses like this and yet um, the first person, that, the first time somebody gets hit is the time to leave. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, and we need to make that very, very clear. And so if you are in a relationship and you are being hit, um, if there is violence in that relationship, then you need to leave today. And there are people out there such as Carrie's House yeah. that can help you. There's also Compass. They're uh, another organisation that helps with like um, housing. So if you need a house straight away, you can call them up and they'll, they'll sort it out as well. So there's, mm. there's quite a few organisations. And I think it's also really important to remember that domestic violence isn't just like, you know, abuse in regards to hitting. It's also verbal. It could be like manipulative. It can be emotional. It, it comes in a lot of forms. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a whole different uh, subject there because, you know, we were yeah. talking about domestic violence and so but there's there's whole emotional it's, it's violence all included. And yeah, they're really starting to pull it all together. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, now um, how normal is it? Because you know, domestic violence has been something that has been normalized in today's society yeah. to some extent. How normal is it? How you know how widespread? is domestic violence. Unfortunately, it happens quite a lot, but in any circumstance, it should not be normal. And it's really sad that society has made it a norm because mm. it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'd really stay away from normal. In fact, I would yeah. say I would say that it's not normal. No, it's, it's not. It's never normal. <laughs> it should yeah. never be normal, no. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Krista. We've really enjoyed having you on the show today. If you indeed are suffering from domestic violence, give us a call here. We can help you out. We can put you in touch with people that can help you. 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call. We're going to have a song break, and then we'll be back after the 8 o'clock news. You could see it all made 
Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. <laughs> well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile.
You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.